This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Aaron McGowan, certified personal trainer and bird watcher. This is Ryan Stanger, certified personal trainer and tangerine peeler. And you found the Dumbbells, a comedy fitness podcast. Committed to bringing you inspiration. Motivation. And sometimes information. Hey, Dumbbells, let's get dumb. Uh, A lot of dumb stuff already happened off mic, thanks to me. And now we're rolling. Yeah, today we have a guest in the weight room because we've had enough of ourselves talking about bullshit. We've got... An amazing writer, filmmaker, and musician in the weight room today, Jess Lane. Welcome, Jess. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. Uh, been a minute since I've been on a podcast. Welcome back. Um, it's nice to have yeah, you. The podcast the world. world missed you. Um, it's good to be here. This will be a fun uh, holiday-ish episode. Um, doesn't have to be holiday themed, but it will come out around that time. So everybody should bear that in mind. If we seem festive, that's the reason why you have to know people could be listening (laughs) to this in April and 2027 or some shit. Um, but they're like, why do they sound so fucking festive? Just know it's because it was recorded around the holiday time. That's right. Yeah. We have a sparkle in our eye, a, a spring in our step. Uh, yeah, and some glitter in our voices. Um, <laughs> God help us. My throat is full of glitter right Mine now. Mine too. <laughs> uh, dudes, so uh, let's get into lot, it. Yeah. We want to hear about you, Jess. Um, so oftentimes on this show, uh, people like to hear a little bit about your origin story and what your connection is to health, nutrition, fitness, wellness all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, we can go way back. That tends to be easy, kind of where you grew up. Um, sports is sometimes a way in if you played sports, if you didn't. And also just know that any answer is the right answer because people relate equally to somebody that loves exercise and has their whole life or fucking hates it or found it late or have, have fallen off, all that stuff. It's all beneficial. It's all good. So, Where'd you grow up and, uh, you know, what was your first foray into activity? Sure. This is a simple one. So I grew up in Jackson, New Jersey, regular suburban suburb, uh, New Jersey life. And I was not ever a very physically (laughs) driven or motivated person. Um, I would say that the first sport I ever joined wasn't until like, seventh or eighth grade I ran track and I was terrible I had you know jumping into track I had zero stamina (laughs) also I'm short I'm like five feet tall so it's not like I had like long legs or anything like that um what made you pick it so so I did grow up like I don't know, poor. And my mom was like, so you have to go to college. So you have to do all of the things. And she was like, it's a, it's enough time. You're, you invented a Minecraft club. Like you have to join a sport. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, you invented a Minecraft club? 
Oh, I, okay, now I'm taking credit for some other losers, but I did join Minecraft Club. I was in so many clubs. I was in art club. I was in stage crew. I did theater. I did uh, math league and science league. I took math and science tests that. recreationally. That's how much I wasn't into sports. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. God. Um, so that year, yeah, I think seventh grade I did track and then – yeah, just came in like last in like a relay. And I remember being just like so far behind anyone when we were running like around the high school or whatever. I do remember I would sing in my head, <laughs> uh, Cheryl Crow every day is a winding road, like <laughs> to sort of keep myself from, I don't know, just laying down in the woods and staying there, I guess. <laughs> there were woods around the high school. It um, is the garden state. And then oh, it's, um, yeah. It's a good song to sing. I don't know. We all do kind of weird song, weird games when we're running and stuff, you know, to kind of like yeah. pass the time, especially this is you're doing tracks, so you can't wear headphones and stuff. So you just, yeah. Yeah. There wasn't like a thing then. <laughs> uh, it, it, did you like Cheryl Crow? Barely. Yeah. I don't know. That's just like a thing I've never forgotten. That's like the only thing I remember from being in track is that one day I sang that song myself like 20 million times in a row to get through the run. I mean, the um, song was ubiquitous. So it's kind of like it's in your bones, you know, whether yeah. you like it or not. Yeah. I just I'm retreated to music. To you right now. I'm listening. I'm yeah, it's a good one. Um, I knew more of the words back then. I, I couldn't I couldn't recite the whole song for you then, but I did know the whole song. Then. I, I um, only know anyway. I only know the um, I could only sing the title, which is like the you know the beginning of the chorus. Yeah. The car commercial part. Yeah, of the song. yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Car. How how like um, hungrily did um, car companies look at that song? They're like, oh shit, we got it's a hit pop song. It's we're talking well, about roads. I gave them- <laughs> I gave him the idea. I was like, well, I associate this song with traveling by foot. So, like, the next best thing would be if I got where I was going in a car. Yeah. <laughs> They're definitely like, look, this this young uh, seventh grader out running track is connecting this to foot travel. We can take this yeah. up and connect it to we auto can take travel. To the next level. Yeah. Get yeah. that. Cash. Torturous, torturous, torturous foot travel. <laughs> my my stamina has never recovered. Um, <laughs> But then the next year, eighth grade, I I was like, no one needs to deal with me. Also, I think in seventh grade, they let everyone on the track team. There was like, there were no, you didn't necessarily get to run any races, but you could show up and train with everyone. Yeah. So that was probably another reason why I joined that one. Um, And then in eighth grade, I was like, cool, I'm just going to be the manager for boys track. And that like, that was, I never tried to do sport again. I mean, strategic moves, you know, strategic moves. I think you got to find where you're good at and, and, and go, you know, I remember I did, I was the manager, quote unquote manager for my brother's basketball team because they all had older brothers. And I was like, I'm in, I'm in heaven. I'm over here counting points. (laughs) Oh my God. I definitely wrote fan fiction about boys I had crushes on who like, through shot put for the other teams. I was like, but what if I married this guy? What if I moved to a new town? Like, yep. I think that was the first like short film script I ever wrote was literally about that. Shot putter. Like eighth grade. Tan McClure. <laughs> Tanner McClure marries Jess Lane. 
throws shot put on honeymoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is compelling. Ninth graders getting married. Yeah. It is compelling yeah. when they do the spin around thing and throw it. I mean, it's, you know. There's something to it, you know, there's like, it's... I'm used to math league boys. Are you kidding yeah. me? You know, <laughs> they can't... <laughs> uh, Get some gams on those. You're you're in, you know, you just got to yeah. do some squats. Yeah, he's out there throwing the Call javelin. In. You could be taking some recreational math tests. It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> His, a giant javelin that is also a pencil that I can use to take. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Uh, oh my a, gosh. a parking lot sized science test. <laughs> Wait, they jump, they jump over the high jump and it, the big mat is a, it's also it's a test. test. Anyway, it, there's lots of things. Yeah, this I is the Michelle Gondry version of my short film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just playing around in the id of a horny eighth grader. It's great. <laughs> Get out, get out, get out. <laughs> what what event what yeah. what event was it in seventh grade? Like what running event was it? That I that I did I ran one event and I believe it was a relay and I just probably effed up the the race for the other three girls who I was running. But there with. was some distance, so was it like a mile? Like you were each running four hundred meters or something like that? Oh yeah. I'm sure whatever I had to sing Cheryl Crow during was the shortest distance in the world. Like I have no clue. You know what I mean? I didn't have, that was the, here's the thing. I did not have sprinting speed nor stamina. Gotcha. Like I yeah. was like, this tough, is silly. Tough for track. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Seventh grade, maybe long distance and track around the same time, but it was definitely track and field. It was not like a long distance running thing. Anywho, uh, then I got to call. Wait, do we? Oh like, yeah. So just just while we're back in Jersey, um, what, what, growing up, were your um, were your parents or the folks that raised you were they into exercise or nutrition in any capacity, or w was it lawless there, or what was? So my parents, it, my mom maybe tried exercise and diet like once every six months and then never did it again. She would do like her one day of like with her like, you know, three pound weights in the living room trying to work out or whatever and then never picking it up again. My father, and I actually just experienced this with my little brother, he was naturally muscular from working like manual labor jobs. Ah. So my my little brother, he's 27 and about two or three years ago, he started working in a warehouse and just like overnight, like I, I went to see him again and he's just like completely ripped. And I was like, oh my God, like what have you been doing? <laughs> and at this point I'd already been working with Aaron, spoiler alert, and been working out and training. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, what are your, what's your routine? Like, what are you you're doing? And he's like, I'm just lifting pallets. I'm just in the warehouse. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. You're so, like, Aaron. Just moved into a warehouse. Yeah, and Aaron, we started moving pallets. Yeah, you need to mock up a warehouse and get some pallets, girl. <laughs> and then my sister did like cheerleading and gymnastics and soccer. Like she found social mm. connection through, you know, her, her sports, maybe field hockey. She did all the classic things that girls do. Field <laughs> hockey, soccer, gymnastics, and cheerleading. Minecraft club. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I said, I, I pushed back on that Minecraft club because I started oh wait, a I'm just, Goosebumps okay, club. Okay, hold on. Sorry to interrupt 
It was a Minesweeper Ooh, club. That oh, might be. This is such a silly error. <laughs> that might be uh, a, a little worse, unfortunately. It's so much. It's 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 that much more like our high school is very coddle. It was very nice to be like, we'll let these boys and this one girl stay after school on Wednesdays to use the computer room to play Minecraft all evening. Sure. These children's home lives are terrible. Let's not force them to go there. <laughs> My, and it's Minesweep to cl- Minesweeper to clarify. So th- a game. Yeah. Minesweeper. It's, so Minecraft. The little squares. It's a game of luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Minesweeper yeah, is. Some strategy. There's some. There's so much, so much strategy. I got really good at it. I had unfortunately already been playing it a lot at my home, and so when I heard there was a Minesweeper club that some guys probably started to hang out with each other, I was like, "Well, I'm going too because I'm actually I'm good at this." So anyway, I'm a huge dork in high school. That's the story. (laughs) But don't worry, you did get into improv. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, you made I was, it all actually, <laughs> Thinking about the myriad of ways in which I was a dork in high school, I just remember the most physical activity I probably had in high school was like going to ska shows, oh, well, well. going to and skanking in the pit and, you know, jumping around, etc. Um, very, very fun. <laughs> That'll do it. And and yeah. now you would be super cool. That's just um, you know how things go. It's like uh, you know, it's generationally things change. It's like the the jocks are kind of uncool now. Uh, I hope so. they are. <laughs> I hope. Believe so. me, yeah. I hang out at a lot of high schools, and they are. Um, <laughs> what? So oh what about food? Like, what was food like growing up for you? Terrible. Again, I was raised whatever uh poor and so (laughs) it was whatever food my mom served i don't know classic american she would do like london broil she would do like mushroom chicken which is like the can of mushroom soup over the chicken um whatever we were fed i wasn't a starving child Um, but I never had any, I'm very lucky. I never had any eating issues. I ate when I wanted to, what I wanted. And I've, uh, Aaron has heard me say this. I never, I am so freaking spoiled. I never worried about my weight until literally this year. So food, same thing, like probably ate just like trashy as a child. Then fast forwarding about eight years ago, almost 10 years ago I became vegetarian vegan okay but otherwise I I loved like I say like I would be vegan and be going around being like I'm vegan haha also the best meal I've ever had was veal heart which was a special at Salt's Cure (laughs) that restaurant you know I was like it was the most tender steak you've ever had so yeah I just ate whatever I wanted for my whole life I'm spoiled that's far away from vegan veal heart yeah Um, (laughs) veal heart yeah (laughs) Hey, you got to try all the spectrum. You can never try it. So, and so we, I cut you off, but you were talking like we were transitioning maybe to college now. So were you, um, the college thing is just a quick extension of high school. I, I actually grew up like swimming as a child. Like both my grandparents had swimming pools. I would swim all the time. You know, my, the family would call me a little water rat, blah, blah, blah. But again, I said, my stamina is really bad. I got to college and at my school, there was like a one physical uh, 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 education 
credit requirement. So I took a swimming course and it wasn't intermediate. It wasn't like beginner. I don't know, but I was the worst in the class by far. Um, And the teacher would often say things like, I didn't think you were going to make it, but I did wind up improving my time for, you know, whatever the three laps back and forth across the pool you had to do. But I was, I was, audibly and frequently ridiculed by the teacher for my lack of performance in that area. A major humbling to the water rat. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Would you guys rather be a water rat or a water bug? I've heard both. Um, I've never known a water rat. (laughs) I think I'd rather be a rat. Um, Bugs seem to have a short kind of, um, you know, a short existence. Yeah, I like being a mammal. I'll stick with the mammalian things that I enjoy and be a water rat. Yeah, uh, me too. Water bugs also, they're like just skating on top. They're not dipping down, they are. splashing around. That's true, but it, but walking on water, you do, you know, there is like, if you have a Jesus complex, you know, it's kind of like, this is the closest I'll ever be to being Jesus as a bug. I'm, I am. Couldn't right, be me. I'm going water I'm bug. so humble. I'm <laughs> What's that? I'm go. I want to see the Jesus stuff. I do. I, I'm in. Well, I think you have to. You have to create the Jesus stuff in your mind. I mean, the only thing that you're doing is walking on water, <laughs> and you have to make the leap too. This is. This is me. Well, here's the thing. The rest of the water bugs are walking on water True. too. There's no reverence towards you involved. No. They're like you're just some other regular guy like yeah, us. Yeah, you're just a Jesus I, bug like all of us. But other species would if be. I go. If I go find this lake of water rats, I'm going to be king. All right? You're gonna be a, you don't want to be okay. a rat king. That's a bunch of rats <laughs> stuck together. No, I don't want to be a rat king. I, I be love community. King. That actually, I, I would love to be a part of a rat Connected king. Connected by shit <laughs> to other rats. I'm always taken care of. Hey, don't, it's, no, I'm not knocking anyone else's cultural <laughs> practices. Right. If that's rat what sticks king. them together, that's their thing. I, I would like to be in a monarchy as a rat and, you know, and be the king of it and have a royal court and all that stuff. But I wouldn't want to be like the biological definition of it where you're connected by shit to other rats and like a big ball or whatever. But I don't know. That's, that's me as a human saying this. So maybe if I were a rat, I would want that, you know? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't care. Yeah. Cause Jess, you're right. You are taken care of in that capacity and you kind of work symbiotically with the other rats to find food and, you know, shelter and all. Yeah. I'm, I'm voting for community over individualism in this instance. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Uh, so, so you, so the time improved now, did you feel some, did that give you some self-worth or did you feel, um, you know, that you had this kind of arc in this water class or did you not give a flying fuck about it? Oh, listen, it was a very insignificant increase, but there was an increase. Um, (laughs) I will say that this was probably the year 2003 or something, and I never attempted to work out again for probably another 10 years, like, in any capacity. So it was sort of like... Well, thank God to my ADHD perfectionist brain that I was able to improve but we're not going to put ourselves at risk of failure again for a while. Yeah, I don't. It's I don't so love this teacher. What was this teacher's this. name? Let's dox him. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. This was 20 years ago. <laughs> Dr. Swim mean or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're seeing Delphi on camera right now. Stanger's getting some pretty uh, intimate kisses from Delphi. Yeah, I laughed. And so I think she gets scared when I laugh. It's like, is he crying or laughing? Because both happen <laughs> frequently. Um <laughs> She's got to check in. Yeah. Like, what is, um, what is this? No, mean? I, cause, cause I know just because of comedy too, but just like one of my longest clients and who is like long in duration I mean, that you've trained or not height, we've established height already. So I correct, guess it right, wasn't right. necessary really that I say yeah. that, but I just wanted to get that joke in there. Cause I'm a, <laughs> a dad. No. Um, go ahead. But like, like, always wanting to push and like go harder i'd almost like in an endearing way want to call you like a meathead like it's like you have like you want <laughs> like it's like your life probably doesn't allow for you to full meathead out but it's like you may you maybe would if you could and so it's like oh my gosh you had a swimming class and then took 10 years off i love this i love knowing well, this I about you i think it's similar i mean that tracks with what i was what i was saying like perfectionism, ADHD, whatever, like if I'm not immediately good at something, I'm not going to do it. But I am also extremely competitive, Mm. which again, for another reason is probably why I didn't try to pick it up. But I starting in college was when I started on the comedy track and y'all know how demanding that is. So that was all my time. I had lots of other extracurriculars to fully absorb myself into. So um, I think the next time I tried to work out, I was literally following in my mother's footsteps and maybe like 2013 tried to do a couple of like bedroom strength training videos that were on Hulu or something. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even tell you. I can't even remember what made me even think I had to do that. Uh, But it happened maybe like three or four times. And then Aaron knows this. So the reason that I got back into strength training sort of two reasons. I had made a really close friend, a really one of my best friends in New York when I was period of time when I was in New York City doing stand up, um, like 2016 and 2019. He was a jujitsu trainer and a strength trainer and, and a, did kettlebell class. And he was an MMA fighter, blah, blah, blah. He became one of my best friends. I saw like almost every day during that time period. And he was always doing classes or was saying, like, let me know if you want to do this or that. Um, I think I had probably gone once or twice. Um, it was fun, but, you know, not a priority for me to fit into my my life or schedule. And then in October 2018 was when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Very funny topic for the comedy waitress <laughs> to meet him. Hey, they can podcast, handle it. But they, it's, they've had to but listen it's true. to some, some stories. And so... Yeah. Yeah, that sort of like lit the fire under my ass to be like, okay, my mother had been through it. I had been there for her surgery and her recovery. And I was like, if there's any period of sedimentary lifestyle after this, like I can't lift my arms over my head or there's limited movement or things like that. I don't want to be at a deficit from where I was before with, with, with already my very nothing strength or development of my body or my abilities and things like that. And so I immediately started training with him in person 
doing strength training, focusing on that and no, you know, learning immediately how weak I was, <laughs> but made a lot of progress with him in just a couple of months. And, uh, all my treatment went really well. And that, uh, he was a big proponent of kettlebells and that just really like ignited, like, a love and enthusiasm and also feeling successful at doing something athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he's a really good, um, you know, he was an MMA fighter. He, he trained that way. And so he's very good at pushing you to your limit and encouraging you to your limit. Um, still very, uh, health aware, injury aware, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, I made progress very quickly, you know, like I was, deadlifting like a 50 pound kettlebell within a couple of months. And, and that was so cool to me. Um, that is, so that was, that was how I got back into it. That was how I got into it for the first time. Really. That is cool. And it's interesting that it came from, um, you know, some of your, it's like when the students ready, the teacher appears that saying, but this, this guidance came from somebody that is a, uh, martial artist because there's something that we talk about called the white belt mentality to where, you know, when you're first starting in martial arts, it, you're starting with the white belt and a lot of them, and you just want to learn. Like you just want to, like, I'm completely open. Teach me. It doesn't matter where I'm starting. I can see, I know everybody else in here started as a white belt too. And so let's just see how far I can get. And it's this, this strange shame that happens as we age to where you don't want to do something you're not good at. Whereas if you look at like little kids, they'll jump up and try to balance on things and try stuff and draw and paint and all that. And then we get older and older and older and shame creeps in and just like, you know what? Um, pardon the pun. I'm just going to stay in my lane, um, you know, and not ever like kind of venture out. I mean, look, people are going to say like, did he mean to say lane? Did he, what's going on here? <laughs> so I just had to- people have already forgotten my name at this point. They weren't even, I forgot my own name. I was like, what is he talking about? Uh, uh, so that, that is super cool. And then it's, you know, it, it kind of reframes how you think. I would say along those lines, one of the reasons that, I actually did it was that I, it was a friend and that it was someone that I trusted. And it was someone that I had heard him talk about his approach to it and his philosophy behind it and so on. And so I was really comfortable getting in there. On the other hand, we were both stand-up comedians. Mm -hmm. So we were both very competitive. And so I do think that's the other part of it where it's like, and he's amazing. It's Diego Lopez. I want to tell you about his like video series later. If no one's ever mentioned it on you guys' podcast before, I think your your audience will really love this. But he, I'm going to do whatever Diego says. And if I can't do what he says, that, you know, the competition is there to be able to do what he asked me to do and to, to, to take it. But, and, you know, in a fun, like, brotherly, like, you know, way. I do like the idea yeah. of this guy because it's like somebody heckles him and you don't realize that this guy's been throwing kettlebells around and training MMA. Like, you get fucking, like, <laughs> kick the shit out of you. <laughs> My most comedians are, like, eating at diners till 3 a.m. I mean, this guy's, like, getting up early, yeah. throwing kettlebells around, <laughs> fucking working chokeholds and shit. Oh, absolutely. I would say that in the pandemic, he's really uh, – Obviously, a lot of people worked up their uh, their their bodybuilding physique, so I don't think it's a secret okay. any longer. If you see Diego at a show, that he's very strong. But 
uh, he did also, he, you know, taught jujitsu classes and, and strength training classes. He definitely like formed a little like super strength faction of the New York comedy Love scene. It. Like people would be like, Oh, I'm going to Diego's class, going to Diego's class. And everyone's like kicking each other's asses and rolling and stuff. <laughs> I love that. There's a, the place I've been going to get trained during my pregnancy is a jujitsu gym and always everyone's rolling around on the ground. And I'm like, yeah, okay, when I, when I am able, I'm coming in here and trying this cause this looks insane. And also like, I've never done it before. I, and I'm very curious. Yeah. That'd be, so. Yeah, I did. A, Go ahead. I, I did a couple of like rolling, like jujitsu, this or that, like obviously very beginner when I would, I would you'd be like, bring a friend or whatever. And, um, that is the way that you get hurt. <laughs> like once you actually start doing, like, I love strength training. It's very controlled. It's very, mm-hmm. um, I'm pushing myself, but you know, you, Aaron, have also done a really great job of like making me feel safe or comfortable to say no now. Um, but I know lots of friends who would go to one jujitsu class and be like, hurt my knee and it's never the same yeah. <laughs> again oh. since then. Oh, so just be careful, Aaron. <laughs> okay. Okay. I hear it. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. We'll see. I mean, it'll probably be a while till I can do it, but you know, I can yeah. I'll dream. I'll dream in the meantime. I uh, do like a mommy and me jujitsu class. <laughs> With my baby? Yeah. Your baby puts you in like an arm bar or something and you have to keep tapping out. And they're like, we've never seen a uh, newborn. But um, that's, what would, that's what would happen to me. Uh, so fast forward, let's... Let's um let's jump to you and Aaron. So, what what prompted all of this, and um and how did it start for you? And tell you know we can kind of end with where you are now. Sure, I basically, um, after my treatment, after you know my surgery, I moved back to Los Angeles. Just just real and quick, so- did you do? Did they have you do? chemo post resection and all that stuff? So I'm very, very lucky. My cancer treatment was a lumpectomy and radiation treatment and ongoing medication. I'm on a tamoxifen, which is a estrogen blocker. I have a, was told I had a very highly treatable form. Mine was estrogen receptive, which is very easy for them to treat. I caught it really early because, again, I said I have a family history. So my surgery. Is that like HER2 positive or something like that? So I can break it down. There's basically estrogen, progesterone, or HER2 receptors. And you can be positive or negative on any of those three basically factors that, quote, unquote, inspire cancer to grow Mm -hmm. in your body. Um, Mine was estrogen and very slightly progesterone positive and HER2 negative. You can also have something called triple negative, which is where none of those three things are present or, or reactive in your cancer. And, you know, those are the ones that they're like, this is complicated to treat or we're going to do the, 
the, some of the most extreme forms of treatment and so on. But mine was caught early enough right. because of my family history and how frequently I was screening that my tumor size was small enough, my surgery margins were successful enough that they said that I did not have to do chemo. And so I'm very so grateful and so lucky to that. Um, so that was my treatment. Yeah. At this, after that it's, wrapped it's up. It's still incredibly intense. I mean, there's this saying that like, um, the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you, you know? It's just like, yeah. you, you know, people will qualify all this yeah. stuff and it's it's good to be grateful about it. And that's, I think, a, like a really healthy approach. But I mean, goddamn, I mean, that is intense, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like I was, I had really good perspective on it because my mother had been through her treatment and at that point in time was, uh, her treatment was successful. We felt like her doctors took really good care of her and so on. And then I was mentally prepared for the worst case from the second they told me like, this is cancer. Um, you don't have a full diagnosis or full prognosis or full treatment plan once they've told, like they tell you, you have cancer and we'll let you know more about this as soon as we run some more tests. Um, and so I was emotionally prepared for all of it, losing the hair, chemo, chopping them both off, etc. And so it, that is more the reason why I'm so grateful that it turned out in, in such a, a, a light yeah. pathway. Yeah. But I do have, I do have what I would call imposter syndrome for having had cancer because I never went through chemo, which I believe is like the most taxing part of the process or a full mastectomy, which the recovery from that is so much more intense and, and takes a long time to fully recover from than the lumpectomy that I had. So yeah, that's my perspective on it. I feel like a fraud, so it feels really good for someone to tell me, no, 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 you, yeah, your life sucks. You had cancer. It's cool. Yeah, definitely don't <laughs> yeah. feel like a fraud at fucking all. I think I think living with that diagnosis for a while and then every time you get screened and all, I think that's, you know, you people forget about the pain. They forget about the discomfort, but they remember the feeling of having to, you know, to sit with that. It's a very scary, big thing to have to, you know, that you, it, it ultimately, I think it changes you forever. You know, you, you carry it with you forever. Yeah. I, I will say that like going and starting strength training basically like immediately after I got the diagnosis, um, was a really great way of feeling like I'm in, I'm trying to control the things that I can control and I'm going to take care of myself best as I can given these circumstances. And I'm going to work to get my strength as, as high as possible before this thing that I can't control, which is that I have to have some kind of surgery mm -hmm. and, and it's going to be close to my arms and these, this or that muscle and things like that. So yeah, it was really important at that time. For yeah. Me. That's fucking awesome. Optimizing yourself for surgery. Um, and then also, yeah, you know, there's, there's tons of studies. So, you know, this stuff, this stuff will happen to people and there's all kinds of like, oh, I did this and I juice fasted and, uh, you know, people are, people are trying to make money off of this. Um, and you know, there's a lot of quacks that'll kind of, you know, migrate towards stuff like this, but there is good clinical data 
on people that um, do resistance training, also certain kinds of cardiovascular training that significantly reduce their chances of reoccurrence because that type of training, both of those in different ways, um, uh, have a positive effect on the circulating tumor cells. So they can kill, you know, they cause, you know, tumor necrosis and then, you know, affect these circulating tumor cells. So it's good. You know, it's one thing you, you know, you're able to control what you can control. And then two, that you're doing, you know, positive stuff for your body long-term just in general. And then three, you're specifically, you know, addressing what you can control about your situation, you know, with this diagnosis. So that's. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It really set me up on the right track. Cause yeah, my oncologist, my continuing care team, there's a couple of different reasons besides those studies. Like I'm on an estrogen blocker and that impacts so many other parts of your health your mental health, mm -hmm. uh, your, and you know, there's like risk of early onset, um, osteoporosis or similar situations. So like strength tra training is highly recommended already. And I hadn't even gotten to the point of talking to my doctors enough to even know that. And I was like, Oh, wow. cool. I'm already on the right track. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I will say with regard to like your mention of like, you know, these juice cleanses or things like that, I was of the, the frame of mind where I was like, I'm already vegan and I got cancer. Like, you can't convince mm. me that that one matters yeah. anymore. Like, uh, whatever. I became less <laughs> vegan after I had cancer because I was like, my priority is lowering cortisol levels. Another hard to scientifically track, but I was just like, I just need my life to be easy and I don't need the stress of picking what everyone's eating every time I go out to eat with people or something like that. So, eh. yeah, I mean, it could be maddening, you know, because you can spin out, there's so much stuff out there and like, you know, it's, there's a lot of good things about the internet and as far as how it can empower us to, you know, do some of our own research and be armed with knowledge. But at the same time, you can be like, fuck, where the fuck do I start? You know, I guess I have to move to Siberia. Or where do I stop? <laughs> yeah. I've got to, you yeah, know, live by myself. This. I've got to, yeah. you know, throw all this stuff away. I can't look at a screen anymore. I can't, you know, definitely don't want to like no, definitely, you know, tool around on Netflix. Def Definitely the trend in like, you know, I'm in whatever like Facebook groups or support groups for, you know, young survivors of breast cancer, things like that. And like you really do see like no one is sharing like a scientific paper on this stuff. Everyone is sharing like third hand or second hand information that they got from a doctor or someone who's been through it already, which means like this is maybe like a 10, 15, 20 year out of date. Right result from like a, a test that's since been like turned over. And I think the biggest one is like soy products. People are like, oh, well, women shouldn't be eating soy because it gets processed as estrogen eventually. And if it's estrogen inspired, this or that. And then there was another paper that was like, it's actually good for the plant-based estrogen to go there because it doesn't inspire the cancer to grow the same way as women's hormonal estrogen. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. So like, I, I just, I don't know. You can't, you can't control any of it. There's so many things, et cetera, et cetera. I was just like, I'm just going to maximize like how pleasurable, how pleasant my life is. Like really yeah. just like enjoy life while I have it. I don't have very big, like addictive 
etc. personality thing. So it's not like I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go smoke and drink and do whatever I want. I do drink as much as I want. But, <laughs> it, you know, it's it's very interesting. People get really, really scared and really, really, um, yeah, traumatized by the diagnosis whatsoever and the process they've been through. So I yeah. feel like I've used it to, like, embrace doing pleasant, enjoyable things. And I find working out very rewarding and very joyful and very rewarding. Yeah. Um, outside of, you know, whether or not the doctor says it shaves 0.5% sure. of a yeah, chance yeah. of the risk of recurrence. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. I, so we're, we're getting into this with you and Aaron, but I just, uh, I just want to share this quick anecdote as a personal trainer. I had this client, um, it was a very, um, uh, like powerful, um, fortune 500 CEO. And so he had all kinds of great stories. Um, mm. he, he was the CEO of Mattel for a while. Uh, ever heard of him? Oh, you guys ever heard oh, yeah. of Barbie? Um, but uh, he uh, <laughs> was telling me about this guy that he worked with. Um, I can't remember if he was through Mattel or, you know, these guys all, th- these these people all are, you know, intertwined and connected with other, you know, powerful, influential men and women. And um, so he was telling me about this guy who was uh, traveling for work and, you know, he was noteworthy and got kidnapped for ransom, um, you know, in one of these places where that happens, it can happen to where if you're kind of like this noteworthy figure and people aren't going to kill you, they just hold you for ransom. And it's just this weird kind of like transaction that takes place. And it's like, oh, you're valuable to this company and you're valuable to your family. And so here's the set price you're kidnapped. That's going to cost them $500,000 or a million to get you back. And you have to hire a negotiator to do all this shit. And so anyway, this guy's kidnapped. And so regardless of if it's if it's, uh, you you know, your life is in danger or not, or whether you intellectually understand that, in the abstract, you're fucking kidnapped and it's terrifying. Now, apparently this guy that was kidnapped did not take care of himself and he was way overnourished and had a, um, a weight problem that was, you know, that affected his overall health and and probably his time on the planet. And so then he, you know, went through this horrendous ordeal. His family survived it. He survived it. They finally got him back after a long time. And so then I was, you know, I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat hearing this story for my client. And then I said, so wow, did he, you know, completely embrace life and change his habits? And he was like, no, he got bigger than ever. And just, you know, <laughs> went whole hog ham, just, you know, having a blast. And I was like, well, I guess both are kind of <laughs> the way to go. <laughs> Understandable, yeah. I guess. I thought for, No, I, I, thought, I guess oh I gosh. am saying. Yes, I thought for sure I it was like this guy, think- like he started hiking Machu Picchu and hang gliding and all this shit. He's like, around. no, yeah. he's playing video games all night, fucking drinking whatever he wants, going to buffets. So... <laughs> Hedonism looks different for everyone. Everyone has their own form of hedonism. Mine is extremely active, whether it's like actually doing physical activity or going out and seeing different things and making different things. That's that was my route. Uh, So let's hear about some of it. So so talk us through um, you and Aaron. So, okay, I think so. I started with Aaron. uh, We started in the pandemic October yeah, pandemic, 2020 yeah. um, because again I had relocated from New York to LA um, and then lockdown happened mm-hmm. um, I was Welcome probably back. interested <laughs> yeah <laughs> here we go God. I had started um, 
maybe wanted to find someone else to continue training with when I was here. I know several people we knew through comedy, through UCB, through whatever had started training in various different ways. Um, and it was probably just like Aaron posted on Instagram, I'm doing this thing. And I was like, let's fucking go. I had my kettlebells from when I had started training with um, my friend Diego. And yeah, I, I feel like we've just made steady progress and that's, I, I don't know. Three you might have years. more perspective on it. Yeah. It's been three years. It's been three it's, years. It's, I'm like, yeah, Aaron, tell us your side. Like, well, I don't know. Like dispute specific I had, facts. I please. went full time or like trying to go full time, um, in October. So you were like really one of, you were one of three clients that thankfully I still have, but that all started in that like month. Aaron, talk into the um, microphone. And, please. Oh, can you not hear me? Sorry. <laughs> um, so you were one of my first three clients and you, I just remember you wanted to do push-ups, and, <laughs> and it was like, I went back and I looked at like what we did in the beginning and it was like a lot of like body weight stuff, a lot of mm -hmm. like, just like working on form, like kind of like understanding like the basics of some of like the, just like primary lifts and, um, and now you're at a place where you're doing like full out, like hog style pushups. You're doing like plank up downs with your feet elevated, like yeah. stuff like that, where I'm like, just that I started like with three years ago was doing like knee pushups, which there's no shame in that game. You got to start yeah. somewhere, but it's like just to see and the determination. And like, we've worked through like, tweaks on your like you've had like knee tweaks yeah again probably some skanking you know in the, in the pit. <laughs> um. I, here's what oh wait I've, I've told you why I think I had a knee problem mystery knee problem in like the spring of 2018 my knee was just like swollen and painful to walk on for all of a sudden and the thing that I, the best thing that I can remember that maybe, again, this is before I'm doing anything physical with myself ever, besides maybe walking up and down the subway stairs quickly. I had taken, this was the last ever improv class I have ever taken. And I believe I went too hard at Crazy Eights. Oh my God. <laughs> and I don't know, popped or oh snapped God. something in my knee, just like shaking my leg out. <laughs> And okay. so hey, haven't done nerds. improv since. What's the, for the for the mortals out there? What's crazy eight? So crazy eight is basically just like this physical loosen your body up kind of thing, and it's a it's just like a countdown where you shake out each of your limbs. Crazy eights. We're going crazy while we count to eight. So it's like one two three four five six seven eight. One two three four five six seven eight. You're shaking out your right hand, shaking out your left hand, shaking out your leg, your leg, and it like go. You do it like four or five, and then you go one two three four five six seven. You like shorten it and shorten it, and you get more intense and more intense. And so, whatever. I've been doing That's improv for like ten years <laughs> at this point, and I'm in this class that. You know, I was already on Harold Night in Los Angeles and I got back to New York and I was like, no one remembers me. Everything's already changed. I have nothing going on. 
I got to show these kids in this class that I mean serious business, <laughs> even during the warm up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't I'll know. I fucking crazy ate myself been... into the hospital. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. So like I was saying about jujitsu, also improv classes, just be really careful that you can injure yourself in a way your body will never be the same. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> But no, I love that. So I love that. Back to I don't know my journey, whatever. Aaron um, was perfect, safe, similar. Like I knew you, and so I was like, "This is really safe. This is really obvious to me." And I will say, I I saw results very quickly because I've just always been a really lean person. I'm vegan at this point in time, and so like very quickly just like the like look the mirror selfies after a workout after getting that pump like that's the that was enough to be like I can keep doing this I can keep doing this I can keep doing this this is fun and cool and I feel hot and in a new way that I've never felt hot before and um yeah I had enough uh, friends or people close to me that also cared about working out that it was fun for me to be doing it and getting to talk to people about it and whatever degree I could talk about it. Here's what I, here's Um, what I love about all this so far is, um, you know, you go all the way back to seventh grade, um, versus now versus your experience in New York versus your experience with Aaron. I hear you say fun a lot connected to exercise. And I think that's really important because we, um, we're going to be doing an episode where we share people's, um, uh, you know, all the positive stuff that they've done in 2023. Um, it'll come out after this. Um, but you know, big part of that is making sure that your exercise is enriching and fun. And it should be. And if it's not, then you need to make changes. And so a lot of what you've said about what, you you know, what made you kind of stick with it and where you, um, where you kind of were able to endure, you know, outside of like the aesthetic benefits is that you're having a good time. You're, you know, you're with friends, you're feeling connected, you're celebrating your wins, you know, all this stuff like that, you know, it's like, I think sometimes people can get, they think like, oh, exercises, it has to be about the grind and look at how hard this person is working on Instagram and they're sweating and you know, they're grueling or like Marky Mark at like 3 AM or whatever showing off his (laughs) municipal gear. It's just like eating 12 fish. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, hearing you say like, yeah, you know, all, you know, going through hard stuff and doing it, but having a good time and smiling about it is very fucking cool. Thank you. Yeah. And I, it does help that, you know, I'm saying that people that I've been training with are people I know already or have familiarity with or are comedians. So there's a plug for having your trainer be a comedian. Just take that (laughs) and run with that. But I will say Aaron knows this, that I am the most pleased at the end of an exercise. If I feel, feel it, if I feel like pushed, if I feel strained, if I'm like, Ooh, I can feel that sting, you know, deep down in my glute or whatever. Uh, so like there is like pleasure in that for me of just like that to me means like I push myself. That means that I did something or I worked harder than I've worked before. And we'll do exercises sometimes where I'm like, oh, this is too easy. And maybe I'll ask how to make it harder or something like that. Because for me, it is about the noticeable effects of like Mm self-improvement. Like I think it's really hard. Like 
we've all pursued these creative things and we were pursuing being writers or performers and whatever. And it, it's really hard to track your progress or it's really hard to keep mm. that progress in the front of your mind. You're always looking forward where you can be, where you can go. And I think, I don't know, at the end of like an audition, you can't really point to like exactly the thing that indicates that that was the best audition I've ever done, or I did the best at that audition I've ever done. But the end of a workout, I worked my glutes. I can be like, my glutes are burning. I know that I've pushed them further than I've ever pushed them just now. Like there's just like this really nice piece of empirical evidence that I can cling to that will make me feel satisfied with what I've done so far. Um, versus all of the other pursuits of my life, which are so objective and torturous. Yeah, yeah. truly. I mean, because, you yeah. know, any some different kinds of businesses, it doesn't necessarily have to be the arts, but the arts especially, like, you know, progress can feel very nebulous. You know, it's just like, I, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, uh, you know, nothing can happen for a long time despite you putting in all this effort, whereas exercise is very fruitful labor. It's like it, you know. You you do it, you're committed to it, and stuff fucking happens that you can visibly see and feel, and that is, you know, one of the pillars of happiness. It's like reciprocal love and fruitful labor, and so that can really, like, you know, enrich your life in a positive way. I already said enrich earlier, and I feel guilty for saying it again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this opportunity, though, to pitch the counter, which is my friend Diego's uh, sort of he has like an account he makes videos he makes two things the one that is more related to lifting and and bodybuilding training etc is called nihilift i don't know if y'all have ever heard of uh-huh. that but it basically will be videos of him doing his workout and an inner inner monologue of just like a really cynical uh take on it of like so now i'm gonna do this many dips this many Pull-ups, one pull-up for all the times my mother never told me she loved me back and things like that. That one's really fun. Um, And, you know, funny tweets and things like that. So Nihilift, like Nihilist, but Nihilift. Right. Uh, And now he's doing a series called No Violence, K-N-O-W Violence, um, which is more from the jujitsu MMA angle where he watches – YouTube videos of street fights and breaks down their fighting skill oh, and fighting ability. Fun. Uh, fun. So, you know, credit where credit's due. This is my, you know, my first ever trainer. Really funny, amazing guy. Again, very important, crucial time in my life. We'll throw him some yeah. views, baby, but I think, I think your audience would really like it. <laughs> I'm interested. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or you should have him on the podcast, honestly. We'd love to. Yeah. Yeah, we'll message him. We'll yeah. have him separate, and then we can have you guys together at some point, too. That would be fun. And I'll take 10% of his fee for his appearance for brokering deal. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. This is a binding contract kind of podcast, so we yeah. got you. Uh, yeah. Every day is a winding road. Um, Every day is a winding road. What if you were singing that in your mind as you were doing this podcast because it was such a drag for you? <laughs> Just gotta get through it. Just gotta get through it. There's no way to measure whether or not it was good. (laughs) No way. I do this with my hand when I run. I like kind of like play an instrument. Like I'll sing a song, but I play the song with my hands, which there's no rhyme or reason. What are we talking like a recorder or a trumpet? 
I I think it's because I play the piano. So I think in my head I go, I play the piano, but that's what I'm, this would be like the key, my thumb. But I have done it since I've ever started running and it is, it makes me feel really neurotic, but it helps me. Hmm. So we all do crazy shit. You only do, and you only do it with that, your um, left hand going into your right or... No, either either side. You do either I, sometimes side. I'm playing both hands. Okay. You know, trouble base, going for it. That's cool. So my my salmon is still shit. I went to my friend Diego. I'm back in New York now. My friend Diego had a kettlebell class, and part of it he had us do like run sprints across the the room. That's and not kettlebells. Come on, slowest. Come on. He's he's a holistic. <laughs> Full body, everything. Kettlebells <laughs> is full body, and part of that is yeah. getting your heart rate up, oh, you know, this or that. All right, all right. And all still, right. even after, like, two years, at that point, it was, like, two years of training with Aaron, feeling strong, doing all this stuff. The second you asked me to sprint barely anywhere at all, I am the slowest and the worst at it. So I'm working. I've started doing – I've started incorporating cardio now. I will say – I guess one of the last big like journeys I've been on was basically this year, suddenly I've gained 20 pounds. I've weighed 95 pounds my whole life and it was not 20 pounds of muscle. I'll say that. And I think that I finally, I'm starting to, to figure it out. The thing that triggered it I think there's there's too many factors I started playing in a band so I'm drinking all the time I got a new boyfriend I'm eating out I'm doing this or the other thing I started cheating on vegan beyond what I used to I've like eaten a bunch of meat I went to Italy this year yada yada but I think that I tried to get into the like macro calculating portion of diet in an attempt to build muscle without being scientific enough about it. Because around January last year, Aaron, you and I were working on like some of my PRs. Like we had a goal that was like, I want to lift my body weight. I want to deadlift 95 pounds. We hit 75. We hit 85, I think at one point. And so I was like, okay, let's go. I'm going to like pack on the protein. I'm going to take this really seriously. I really want to hit this goal. And I don't know, I just like, was like, but I'm not going to do a calorie counter. I'm not going to do this or that. And I think I, the other thing that happened was I started eating lunch as part of like, oh, I read this thing. And it was like, eat this much here, eat much this much here. And my whole life, I just ate a big breakfast, ate a big dinner and snacked and grazed throughout the day. And in the past like month that I've sort of gotten a handle on this, I was like, oh, I just added like 400 calories a day to my diet that I've never had in 40 years on this earth. So that probably had something to do with it. <laughs> yeah. So you went from intuitive eating to um, having a bunch of factors that you added in some extra calories. And then on top of that, uh, started organized eating. So. Yeah, it was just like it was but it was like half assed organized right. eating. Like I was like, OK, let's eat more protein. And then in the attempt to eat more protein, I'll also eat lunch. Um, versus like figuring out what I was already eating and like sort of rearranging the carb, fat, protein around that. Yeah. I mean, I know. just like, I just winged to, it and I messed it to, up. <laughs> I was to, like, not good at math anymore. Don't tell my math league <laughs> teacher from high they'd school. They'd be fucking bummed. Um, <laughs> He's math. Dr. Math good. 
Um, but uh, better than Mr. Swimbad. Uh, but um, you know, I I stripped him of his doctorate. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, stripped thanks. him of his doctorate. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I was going to say that like um, it's 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 not a failure at all because you learned a valuable lesson. So, I, and this is something that we'll often say on this show is that if you're going to start some kind of you know. Uh, eating for performance or um, calculating your macros, you need to audit your diet, um, which nobody likes to do. Like it's a shitty thing. But mm -mm. so yeah, before you start yeah. anything, before you add anything, just take, you know, a couple of days to get a snapshot of how you're regularly eating. Well, I'm going out with the band and we need to drink and we need to do this and we need to do that. So I'm having this amount of calories here, this amount of calories here, blah, 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 blah. And then you have that number, which is your control. And then you're like, okay, to this, I want to add um, you know, 250 grams of, uh, or 250 calories worth of protein or whatever it is. And then you'll just kind of know, and you're like, Ooh, a little more than I wanted. So you can kind of scale from there, but otherwise you're just kind of taking shots in the dark, but I, it, you have to kind of go through this to learn it, you know? And so now, you know, and so it's, yeah. it's a good job that you deduced what was happening. Yeah. I've literally just been like, I'm back to vegan. I'm doing exactly what I did before. Like I had like, you know, we were in lockdown. I was like, I'm just eating the same thing for breakfast and dinner, like every day. Well, that was me. Uh, hey, that was ADHD. <laughs> big breakfast, big dinner was a really good time for me. It was easy to, it was easy to keep my weight stable. Um, but now I can't do that because I, I, not even because I'm pregnant. It just I, I needed <laughs> food in the afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, for for me, I'm just that. like I, I lived a charmed, intuitive life for this long. I'm just gonna go back to what I was always doing, and yeah. that's what was working. And so far, it's been it's been good progress in the direction I'm looking for. So now, I'm, my new goal is to get shr psycho shredded. Hell yeah! <laughs> well put. 2024, baby. Psycho yeah. shredded. No, I feel like we're just finally, and then I had some, not even injuries, but just like the slightest bits of pain working out this year, a knee twinge, as I described it, and now in the last couple of weeks, like a shoulder rotator cuff thing, uh, which I've described as the pain being like, if you just, you're stretching to the limit, you're stretched a little too hard, uh, and so we dropped down my weight. We dropped down, you know, my deadlifts and squats and stuff like that. And so I feel like we're, we're on track again to, to get back to my body weight goal, both in that I lift my body weight and that my body weight is the same that it has been for the last 40 years of my life, which is 95 pounds. <laughs> I'm only five feet tall. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you're coming back to LA. So we'll be able to test it soon. Yeah. Exciting. I worked at, oh yeah, and I just train with Aaron out of my living room. I've had yeah. two two fives, two tens, an eighteen pound kettlebell, a twenty five pound kettlebell, and two thirty five pound kettlebells, and that's the only equipment I've used for the last three years essentially, which I will say that is probably a very notable part of our work together as well. Yeah, that's uh it's and like we've made it we've made it work. And I sent you my Bella booty, which we we raked across the coals here on on the dumbbells. But because Jess trains in her house and she had two matching kettlebells, kettlebells are hard to hip thrust with. So I was like, Yeah, I'm sending. Well, I will this say, thing. I and <laughs> and it's getting it's got a new home. It's got a new home with Jess. 
I'm using it. Lift it. Cause before it's just resting my, my dumbbells on my ovaries essentially. And yeah, it was awkward. So it's helpful for me in my little, in my little apartment doing my That's right. hip thrusts. Yeah. Ovaries aren't used to that. That's They're right. like, what the fuck is this shit? Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, to, you know, to defend the Bella booty, and ourselves, I think that was what we said that it's best used for was yeah. this kind of home if you have the right stuff for it at home. I think I thought of just when we did that episode because I was like, actually, this would work. <laughs> this would yeah. work. We got it. It does. Yeah. Glorious. So plug. And so now, yeah, we're finally attempting to upgrade me. I grabbed a second 25. I'm grabbing two... 15 pound dumbbells like we three years in and I'm finally like okay I need bigger badder stuff and I'm going to the gym I'm doing I'm expanding my whole world that's awesome I love it yeah I mean that's yeah from you know from seventh grade to here that's that's an arc that's great and it's I think it's super relatable um good for you Yeah. yeah the older I got the more I realized it's cool to be cool and hot I play in a band now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm, you got you're going to biceps you're going for to days. Kettlebell classes. You want to deadlift your weight. Um, that's yeah. fucking yeah, cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> fucking cool, dude. Yeah. I love it. Well, um, just I my goal for you next is um, after your shoulder feels better is a, a pull up, unassisted pull up. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. This, those have been yeah. on my mind. They've been on my yeah. mind because, yep. yeah, my frame of reference for for all things workout have just been like ex-boyfriends. Like I had one ex-boyfriend who was like, I do 50 sit, uh, push-ups a day. I do 50 pull-ups a day. I was like, OK. Fuck you. So in my mind, I'm in a competition <laughs> with that person. Yeah. I think I could do 50 push-ups. Easily, I could beat that for sure. Yeah, fucking, I think so. Crush, yeah. Mister Fifty. Because we do, <laughs> like, and he, and here's what I'll say: is he was breaking it up. Uh, he was like, "I'll just make sure I do this many throughout the day." But oh, if I you're could probably, oh, yeah. do, if you're breaking it yeah. up, absolutely. God, Listen, these no are problem. the only points of reference I had. I know that they're the best <laughs> points of reference. No, I like whatever you use. I like use a whatever vindictive you got. reference. Yeah. But yeah. pull-up is definitely, obviously, like, a pretty mainstream goal. It's been on my mind. And I think I had for, like, four weeks a pull-up bar in Los Angeles before I moved to New York. I was like, I'm not going to bring this with me. <laughs> yeah. I, I do it at the gym anyway. Home pull-up yeah. bars scare the shit out of me. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I, God, I, help me. I have one, and it was like, I feel like I, I'm either going to fall or this is the house is going to come down. Like this. The house is falling. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're right. One of them will. Yeah. I only weigh, you know, around 100 pounds. So hopefully that would mean I'm a little safer hanging from Absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think so. But in New York, I don't know. What are the codes? You know, we got to check before we... Before we get you. No, nope, nope, you're right. There is a crack directly above my door frame that I've never thought about. The second I look at my bedroom door, which is right to my left here, there is a comedic crack from the door, the corner oh of the God. door frame up to the ceiling. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, stick to the gym one. Stick to the gym one. I'll use the gym one. I think you're fine. I think you're. 
your rats will protect you. You protect the structural integrity <laughs> of your house. God. Uh, king rat. New York rats. King rat. Pizza rats there. Pizza rats involved. Uh, remember him? Pizza rat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never forget. Everybody gets their 15. Um, well, this. That, that moment was staged by a UCB person, I'm pretty sure. Pizza rat was? I can't remember. Yeah, pizza rat was staged. Oh, Insider. This is. Controversial oh, insider information. Some like old school UCB person, I think, just like put the pizza closer to the rat on the stairs or something. But you know what? We should delete <gasps> this part from the record. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be saying uh, right. this in a public right. forum. You're just like taken from your from your chair <laughs> by people all dressed in black, I, and you have also now been kidnapped. I do here. Sorry. Here we'll um, we'll edit that out and we'll say, yeah, Pizza Rat opened up his little rat wallet and used uh, human currency to buy a slice of pizza from Ray's. Um, that part was left out. Of, <laughs> that part was left out of the um, the video, but you see him dragging it up the stairs. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know the guy who took the photo of Pizza Rat, and he observed all of yeah. that firsthand. Pizza Rat opened up the little packet that's impossible to open. Put some crushed red peppers on that motherfucker. A little little bit of parm. Uh, everybody's got their way to do it, you know. In New York, you got to fold the slice. But listen. Um, the only good place to get bagels, uh, since something in the water, uh, J- Jess, is there anything you'd like to plug, um, for yourself? You plugged, we're definitely going to check out, yeah. uh, your friends videos. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would say that right now my main creative focus, uh, besides creating my perfect body <laughs> is uh being in a band i'm playing in a band called Sadlands. uh <laughs> and we have an instagram page and a band camp the band camp is sadlands.bandcamp.com we have a tape for sale or you can just listen to it digitally so um, people can buy a cassette Insta- tape yeah, oh, cool. yeah. We have a, an awesome. EP with four songs that we recorded. And if you're in New York City, we're playing shows all the time. So look out for those. And, w- what kind of music you know. and what instrument do you play? Oh, um, I play the guitar and I write songs and I sing the songs that I write. Um, we have a co- co-lead singer. My other lead singer, Sam, she's also an amazing songwriter. Um, and it's like... It's like pop punk. It's like garage punk. It's uh, Sam songs, honestly, all like kind of really sound like punk Sheryl Crow, uh, which is okay. Uh, okay on topic. And yeah, one of our songs is playing on Sirius XM right now. Fuck. Like I wrote a really straight punk song. Like it's playing between like no effects and some 41 wow. songs and stuff. Holy um, shit. So maybe your oh uncles gosh. have heard that driving around in their cars with their <laughs> Sirius XM subscriptions. Um, yeah, I would say I was going to dive into like a for fans of, but I guess for fans of like, for fans of Swearin, Reviver, there's a, there's a modern adult pop punk scene that, that we fall into, I would say. That's fucking awesome, dude. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I guess on the, and then I know we're wrapping things up, but along the same lines as like coming into 
uh, weight training and strength training late in life. Like I first started playing the guitar when I was 26 years old and I'm playing shows, you know, with dudes who've been playing the guitar since they were seven or 12 or something like that. And so I would say also ultimately like a big part of my journey is like the first time I described working out to you, like post uh, diagnosis, I was 35 years old. So it's been five, a five year journey there. And I'm, I'm making this progress and, you know, relatively short period of time compared to others who've been playing since they were seven or 12 or whatever. I've only been playing the guitar for like not even 14 years. And I very, I'm very, um, uh, elated and, and, comforted and validated by the compliments I get on my lead guitar playing and my guitar solos specifically after playing with the band. Um, because I'm like, this is new to me. This is, I, you know, I've had a deficit. I had a late start. I've, you know, and so I'm like catching Mm. up and lapping, uh, people in that regard. So to just tie it all together. Perfect. Yeah. That's the, that's the band. That's, I love it. Great. I love it. Your Instagram, does that connect to band stuff? Yeah, sure. You can also follow my Instagram account, not just Lane on Instagram. There's a lot of. uh, Own it. You picked it. Own it. Been my my handle since I was 16 years old. Wow. Cute. It's not original. I think Neil Casey's was not Neil Casey. Like, you know, we're all. There's three jokes. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't use Instagram, so you got it. Yeah, you know, not anymore, not anymore. <laughs> he doesn't have a fucking song um, on SiriusXM, so it's fine. Yeah, he doesn't. It's crazy. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, I love it. For us, if people want to reach out to us, um, share their fitness journey, flex, um, got questions, comments, or concerns, they can reach us at our Gmail. It's ask <laughs> the dumbbells at gmail dot com. Don't forget to add the dot com. It's something you have to do on the internet. I'm hearing I'm getting this Very note. important. Yeah. yeah. And then find us on Instagram, I guess Twitter too, but who uses it at the dumbbells and on TikTok at the dumbbells dot pod. Uh, Musk would like you to call it X, please, Aaron. Um, <laughs> being the genius in branding that he is, <laughs> call it X. <laughs> and it's call the, it X. instead of tweets, they're posts. Pretty smart, dude. Why? Dude, he's done it again. Smart. Yeah. Why throw well, away all the things that worked? Uh, why not throw away all the things that worked? Uh, so on behalf of myself uh, and Aaron McGowan signs, we are the Dumbbells, our wonderful guest today, Jess Lane. We like to remind everybody that's out there listening to train dirty, eat clean, and live in betwixt. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>